and welcome to the Matching Mom Teens podcast. I'm Shelby. I'm Nicole, and you're back. I am back. I really should have said ciao, like to start the episode. That's um, fine. Because I just got back from a couple weeks in Italy. Yeah, I know. And everyone's really excited to hear about it. I actually, like, I think, oh, well, I already told you this, but my husband uh, madly loved Lori and uh, wants to be her friend. And, oh, I um, loved those episodes. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, we I listened some- to the episodes on the plane ride back, which <laughs> was 10 and a half hours of chaos. Um, and, you know, it was, I'm not saying those episodes weren't also partly chaos, but it was the right kind. It was the right kind of chaos. It was nice. And it's especially nice for me because Lori was my college roommate. I know. For two and and a half years. We totally forgot to mention that. I noticed that. (laughs) Well, we, we tried to not overly mention that you were gone because I didn't want to be sad. <laughs> oh, so, that's so nice. I was so sad. I think it's the longest I've gone in over a year that I haven't been able to call you because we could text, but like I couldn't call you. And oh, my that son, makes me so sad. My son was obsessed with saying, call more mommy call more mommy, call more mommy. And then he'd just be like, okay, we can call Drea. <laughs> and I was like, uh... wow, man. <laughs> I was like, wow. And of course, now that you're back um, and he sees your face, he's like, okay, now it's all about grandma again. And I'm like, all right. right. That's good. Now he doesn't care at all. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now that you're available again, you're not his favorite. He just wanted um, to know where I was. Yes, very real, very real. And I was um, and I was in Italy with yes. my husband and my daughter who's 15 months old. A a trip to Italy. It's so, actually the trip that we planned, my husband and I planned well before we planned my daughter because we booked this we booked this trip for our 5-year wedding anniversary which was May 2020. Yeah, you had it nice and planned. (laughs) (laughs) You just got locked down immediately. I do say, though, that at least you didn't plan it for March of 2020 and end up stuck in the. Right, because Italy got hit really hard. Yeah, well, and I knew people like my neighbor's son, if I remember correctly had either just gotten home or got stuck. And I don't remember which one it was, but they were, they were apart. And that is hard. I can't imagine being stuck in a different country during all of that. And I'm sure there were tons of people who were. I can't imagine. And then like, we actually even rescheduled the trip originally and we were going to go, but then it would have been early during our pregnancy with her. Oh, no wine. And so then, stuck. yeah, it, well, it was just completely, would have been completely different. And also we were a little bit concerned about how I would handle pregnancy, which, you know, good thing we didn't go because that was a miserable a period of my life. Um, but Valid. then then we were like, well, do we wait and wait and wait until she's old enough that we feel comfortable like leaving her and still going on like a romantic trip because I mean the original trip we planned was like whirlwind it was Venice it was Florence it was all of these places Rome and then um, Sardinia the island that my husband lived on as a child and like all of these things and then we were like I don't know do we take her do we wait until she's old enough to know the significance of this do we wait until she's old enough to leave her and then finally we were like you know what life is freaking short and she has traveled with us since she was 10 weeks old. She has been on a plane since she was 10 weeks old. Um, actually, we I had to count for the pediatrician tomorrow. And um, she's 15 months old. She has 12 teeth, but she has been on 13 flights. <laughs> I feel like I should write that in the baby book. It's very, yeah. very exciting to me. That Almost as many flights book. as she is months old. And more than the number of teeth she has. 
That's awesome. Just barely, because she did get three teeth while we were gone. <laughs> she got she got European teeth. I love that yes. for her. Those are European teeth. <laughs> you went so. We're going to talk in just a minute about whether or not you feel like you made the right choice and and kind of that overview. And then we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. But um, I took notes. The only thing the only thing that I know is that you went on your trip and you lost a curling iron because it got broken. But you gained three teeth. So, you know, it balances out. (laughs) Oh, oh, we we gained more than that and we lost more than that. That but yeah, right. my my curling iron didn't make it through being in checked luggage. So that was sad. Which is, which is wild of all the things to get broken in checked baggage. That is. I know. Well, especially considering that we brought back liquids. Yeah. Like from Italy. Yeah. So it's like that. And they didn't it. break on the way back. Yeah. But my curling iron broke on the way there. So you know what? It's there. No curly, no curly hair for pictures. But I took notes for you, especially because um, a few episodes ago we talked about like TSA screenings and how extra it can be and how unreliable it can be. Oh my goodness. First of all, the difference between like we flew, so we went to Rome and then we were in Rome for a few days and then we flew over the weekend to um, Sardinia um which is still in italy but it's an island and um that internal flight was a completely different vibe completely different vibe than flying you know a major u.s airline and it's so wild how they do things differently but so i did keep a tally and it ended up being four four and four and then three oh. teeth. I was kind of hoping there would be another tooth, but at the same time, not hoping there'd be another tooth because how many <laughs> teeth do children even need? And teething sucks. It but, really does. And then they so, start falling out because while you were gone, our middle son lost his first tooth. And I was just like, oh, no, now he's going to start teething as the other one's pushing. <laughs> he's literally going to start growing more. Why? Um, I was like, great. Here we are again. Absolutely amazing. So yeah, four, four, and four. And that is four extra TSA screenings. Lovely. Four mid-flight diaper changes. Nice. And four times that I had to pee while she was strapped to me in the baby carrier. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's not too bad. Six flights. um, Two of them were 10 hours. And I feel like, so, you know, like we're talking about the two internal fly. I mean, no, no, no. We're probably close to 24 hours of flying. Yeah. Total for the trip. And we only had to do four mid-flight diaper changes. We only had to do, you know, like, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. On the way there, 10-hour flight overnight, you had to put your pride aside do the bedtime routine on a plane. <laughs> did you sing in front of everyone and read all of the books? I love that. Not only did I sing in front of everyone, but I sang the pajama song in front of everyone. Because oh, singing a lullaby great. in front of everybody, but singing, it's time for pajamas. P-A-J-A-M-A-S. It's just <laughs> not... <laughs> it's not standard. I forgot... That you guys have that song. <laughs> oh, we have songs. We have the pajama song. We have the toothbrushing song. We have her lullaby. I mean, it was like family karaoke on if this plane. You, if you had to describe the passengers around you and their reactions, asleep. did you have? Oh, they were Most asleep. of them oh, were asleep. Thank God. It's funny thank because, <laughs> right? The So... The people in front of us, like, went to sleep as soon as they got their first thing of wine. They were probably like, they pass. They, we get on the plane. Right. The plane takes off. They do the drink distribution. They they down their glasses of wine. They put on their eye mask. They go to sleep. Yeah. So they the probably already popped us, a Benadryl at that point. <laughs> right. Like somebody's taking something. 
Yeah. There's an ambient in here somewhere. Is the, is the ambient in the room with us? Yes. <laughs> um, but the family behind us, they had a child with them. Oh. But this child's like probably eight, oh, maybe okay. six or seven, but it looked eight to me. Okay. And you know how great I am at this being a judge of ages. Um, yeah. So, you know, anywhere between three and 14 at this point. You um, and my husband cannot guess a child's age. Every child he sees is three. They're three or they're 10. That's it. Middle ground. <laughs> I think that's fair. You know, it's fair. But so, so we're going to go with eight for the sake of the story. So he makes it like, but as soon as the plane starts taking off, he's like, watching a movie ready for his screen time and then they do dinner and they like pass out the dinners and stuff a little a couple hours in and so he eats his dinner and it's not very good and he's complaining and it's all thing and then my daughter decides that he would make a great peekaboo buddy oh and so then he gets annoyed by the toddler in front of him and so I feel he, like that his is... mom tells him he has one option, <laughs> play with the baby or go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Because the baby will leave you alone if you are asleep or just pretend to be asleep. No, she didn't. I have a video of her. I will send to you of her playing <laughs> peekaboo with that entire row after they fell asleep. She was so determined. She was so determined to play peekaboo. It's hilarious. Did she think that the people with eye masks were playing like a really advanced version of peekaboo? I have no idea. But at that point, I was just happy. But we, you know, we did, we did the embarrassing bedtime routine, which the flight attendants probably really enjoyed because at that point, they were the only people paying attention. Nice. And then we like got her little sling out. That like turned her seat into like a hammock, which is worth every penny. Oh yeah. And then um, I want. I one. had to. I had to rock her to sleep, like in a tiny plane seat, but it worked. Did and you then, do like, side to side rocking? That's oh yeah. That's the only way to do it. Side like, to side. Halfway out into the aisle, like side to side rocking, and um, then. We basically crossed our fingers and our toes, laid her down, and homegirl slept for six hours. That's more than my son sleeps most nights, at least consecutively. That's more than she sleeps some nights. <laughs> I was so impressed. The flight attendants were so impressed they came and took pictures of her. Oh, nice. Love that. It was hilarious. I, it's one of those things where like... I feel like I will talk about this for the rest of her life. Like, you slept on the plane for six hours. Like, I didn't even sleep on the plane for six hours because I couldn't go to sleep in a weird, unfamiliar place. Yeah. But the baby just out like a light. To be fair, some of my best naps are on airplanes because there's so much white noise that you're just like, ooh, this is good. Oh, we added so, to it, too, because we brought her sound machine. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Because really part awesome. of her bedtime routine is turning the freaking sound machine on. I'm not skipping. I did not I did not skip a single part of the bedtime routine, okay? That's, not a single part. So let's back up for a second because I only know, like, so you're talking about, like, in-flight things. But the only thing that I knew about your travels is that you made it all the way to your gate and then – the whole airport dumped for well, a fire issue thing. The so airport what, was on fire. Wait, was it actually on fire? I don't know. People in line <laughs> said they smelled smoke. I was in the I was in the mother's room with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were so just like great. Oh, we wow. got there and through security, you know, a couple hours early, the way you're supposed to. And we did the security thing and then we did the running around the airport thing and then she started to get really really tired and I was like we're gonna go take a few moments of peace if the mother's room is available and so we go in there I give her her milk mother's room it's dark it's chill and then 
the craziest. I have a video recording of the noise. Do you want to hear the crazy chaos that happened? No, yes. that would be that would probably be weird. We will <laughs> we'll add it at the end or something. Okay. Oh, um, that's fair. But I mean, they're like, this is an emergency. Where, where? This is a fire emergency. Where, where? I mean, like, <laughs> that's. I'm like, at first I sit there because we live in America, and my first thought was shooting. Oh yeah, and I wouldn't come out for that. No, I like, I'm, I'm, all I could think was the door. I'm in a room that 99% of flyers doesn't even know exist. Yeah. And so two, like, Let this room has her. a lock. Oh. I was in a room with no windows and a, and it locked. And so I was like, I'm staying right here. It's so sad my- that that was your thought because you flew on the Sunday before the Nashville shooting where right? our brother goes to school. Like he's right there in that area and – it's so sad that you. He's a, a different school, but yeah, he goes to a different private Christian school, which is insane. But that is so sad that that was your first thoughts. And also, where was your husband? <laughs> well, he was out by the gate, and so that was my only reason why I even unlocked the door at all. Because so like I start like, hearing sounds. <laughs> well, I start hearing sounds, and so I'm like calling my husband. And, like, he's making his way to the room where we are because, like, he was like, what is going on? And I open the door and there's just a bunch of employees just filing out of the airport. They and I was like, you behind? <laughs> they literally left us behind. And I was like, I was like, oh, what wow. are we supposed to be doing? Where are we supposed to be going? Which exit do we take? Because, like, to me, there's one exit at the airport. Yeah. The one you come in. And then you leave on a plane. Like they literally yeah. put you in a tube to guide you from your gate to yeah, the plane. It's not like you can just walk out on the tarmac through the gate. Like that's well, not some, even an option anymore. Some airports you do. In Italy you do. But like oh, that's fun. Yeah, in Italy we got to board the plane from Rome to Sardinia. Like you <laughs> you get it in the terminal. You wait at the gate. They scan your ticket. They put you on a bus. They bus you over to the other side of the field. And there is your plane waiting with stairs. And you just climb oh, up like the, the stairs president. like some sort of private jet presidential experience. Yes, I love that. My daughter loved it. She's oh, yeah. clapping. Well, she's waving. Thought this it was awesome. so fun. But oh, yeah, so they're just crazy. like falling out of the airport. And I'm like, where do we go? What do we do? And they're all just shrugging at me. And then somebody comes out of one of the restaurants and is like, there's a fire. And then there's some security people. And then there's the firemen actually arrive. And the firemen were like, hey, you don't have to like get out, but you do have to get out of the like terminal. So you have to go back through security. So we had to like file back out to the general area and then go back through security. And at that point, we didn't have any time really before our flight. It was like a whole thing. And my husband and I were just like, yup, about yep, to that take would a whole day of traveling with a toddler. And we're going to see how this goes. Love that. So then you made it through your first flight. And you've kind of talked about like the different flights, all of them. But actually arriving, and you had prepped for jet lag. Like, you had a chart. You had it planned. So what was the first 24 hours like when you were there? And what did – because you were seven hours ahead? It was a seven-hour time difference. So, yeah, we were seven hours ahead. Um, And we had shifted our schedule because I'm staying home with her. We had the ability – we had shifted our regular schedule three hours. And part of that was also because the flight landed in Rome at 8 a.m. Rome time. But that's 1 a.m. Central Standard Time. Oh, wow. So she would not have gotten a full night of sleep if we had not shifted her schedule a little bit. That's valid. And so that we wanted her to have the opportunity to – because, I mean, like some nights, a teething baby – some teething babies don't go to bed until like 11 
You know? Oh yeah, mine when he's growing teeth, he's like, "Let's party. Let's let's just stay up all night. There's no reason to lay down." <laughs> right? So we were not playing. We were going to try for as long as possible to get as much sleep as possible. And I actually had hoped that if she wasn't able to sleep the way she ultimately was able to sleep, um that she would even have time to get like a couple naps, which is what she did on the way back. So that worked out. Um but yeah, so we shifted it and so then we landed at 8 a.m., but then we still had to take a train, actually two trains, because I'm the reason why we got on the wrong train the first time. <laughs> just, just own it. Just own it. Who knew room <laughs> was so big? Not me. <laughs> I feel like some people did know that room was big. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, but we don't have trains in America very often, I mean, and that's they're confusing. Fair. Okay, that's fair. they're very confusing, and. Just because they might go through the same area doesn't mean they're going to stop. It was a whole thing. Um, oh, that's we wa- really we waved. We waved at where we were going. Yep. <laughs> we that's exactly so we, how to do that. We had to take two trains and then a bus. And then at that point, our Airbnb host was seriously concerned. Um, and so she just met us at the bus station. So we didn't have any more opportunities to get lost. <laughs> Oh, bless her. That's very kind. She's just it was like, either because she was kind people. and worried about the stupid Americans or as I would later learn, Italians just love babies. And so I oh. think it was mostly for my daughter's sake. Yeah. She, she was, was like, like, they cannot yeah. drag this child any further. Like, <laughs> poor thing. Let me save her. Let me save her and give her a croissant. Literally. Um. As they called my daughter Piccolina, which means little one, <laughs> um, uh, Piccolina got some serious, some serious free goods. She was gifted free gelato. She was gifted bread from bakeries we were not even in. We would just <laughs> be like on the street outside. strolling by and someone would come running out to grab us so that they could give her bread. <laughs> I mean, live in her best life. I love that for her. And I had packed. So we like the the weather's a little bit unpredictable in March, in early yeah. spring in general. Um, and so we weren't sure how cold it was going to be. And so we packed layers and I packed her and I both several dresses with like tights underneath and, you know, like just options. But one thing I packed for her because she's a toddler was a pair of jeans so that if we found a playground or she wanted to play on cobblestones or I don't know, a park or whatever, she could play and me not have to worry about it. And Italians were obsessed with her baby jeans. That's fair because my my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law loves, well, she actually doesn't like it when babies are dressed in like little adult clothes, but at the same time, she agrees that they look like little adults and little humans. And so it's kind of a, I think it's for her kind of a love hate relationship with it because she's like, I want him to look like a baby, but also look at how cute this little, this is. So I, mean, we, we I go just back and forth never anticipated, never anticipated the jeans being the winner. That's I mean, she did have I don't even know if it was a winner. Yeah, she did have a lot of cute clothes that you packed. So, like, I wouldn't have immediately thought, these jeans, that's it. Everyone's going to love them. Thank you. I worked really hard on what to pack for her. I think she she was better dressed than I was. She looks like a little European baby all the time. Oh. It was good. She is a little European baby all the time. Um, (laughs) She considered herself um, right at home. Uh, it doesn't matter to her that people don't necessarily speak the language of her or anything like that. In fact, when we went to Sardinia, we visited um, – so my, my husband lived there for several years of his childhood. His sister was born there on that island. Um, and the family who basically were my in-laws' landlords when they lived oh, there okay. both times. Um, they lived in Italy both times for several years at a time. And um, they they had the same landlord, and their landlord at the time had a preteen daughter who spoke English because she learned it at school. So she translated a lot, 
became really good friends with my mother-in-law, um, babysat the kids growing up, that kind of thing. She still lives on the island, and her so do her parents. And they are like aunties. Yeah, they're family. Um, they're that. family. And so when we went for the weekend, we stayed with them. We ate at their house. We learned their family history. They taught us some of the things that they would do around. We went grocery shopping with them. You know what I mean? It was just like a nice random thing. Uh, my daughter little, unloaded their dishwasher. A little less touristy and more of like a slice of life, it sounds yeah. like. But but my daughter felt the need to unload their dishwasher. I love that for her. Because she loves to unload helpful. a dishwasher. Yeah, we we really rock that life over here. It's a it's a big thing, except that just, all of our cabinets are up high, so we have to only do the silverware. <laughs> but that's like one of the best parts of traveling with with ki- your kids, though, is that like ordinary life goes on in such like extraordinary circumstances. Like she learned how to use silverware because they don't do the plastics silverware options and so they just have smaller metal silverware and now she refuses to eat without a pork that's what she calls it a pork pork. that's better than what my son calls it because it's really really close to the f word (laughs) it's not great um but yeah so my my mother-in-law has that as well because you know she's from the dominican republic and also was in Puerto Rico for a long time with her family and she has a tiny like real silver plate and like real silverware that's just shrunk down that was my husband's and now um our children use it and it is really cute um and I I really like it because it is this really beautiful like they don't have to have their own set of silverware or anything like that like it is this skill that we kind of we give them to them because it's quote unquote safer, but it sounds like she did fine. Oh, she she thrived. She thrived. Um, they have taught her a couple Italian words this morning. She was using one of them. Um, I'm not going to butcher Italian on the podcast for everyone to hear forever. Um, <laughs> but I mean, definitely, definitely thrived. And just the Italian mindset toward like toddlers and babies in general it's just so kind. It's yeah. so just supportive and kind. And they're just like, they're just, they're just trying to help them. You know, I told yeah. my husband, I said, it's the difference between like, if you're in Italy and you're the mother of a toddler, it's like being treated like, I imagine the, tr- the only translator of the most important foreign diplomat is treated oh yeah like they take care of you because you take care of them and so like in the airports in the stores in public pushing a stroller through rome it's a vibe people will like (laughs) shove their grandmas out of the way for you because they're like there's like oh a baby (laughs) and it's it's like so so kind at the airport they have a separate line for families with small children a separate security line separate customs area for families with children but see i feel like because what i'm hearing you describe is a sense of respect for tiny new humans and things that might be frustrating for them or things that might be challenging for them and I feel like that also benefits adults because we've all, if you've traveled at all on an airplane, you've stood near a family who has a child who's having a hard time waiting in this horrendously long line or having to get rushed by businessmen who are trying to make a flight last minute or, you know, all of these things. And so, like, it almost benefits both sides of the coin to have this respectful take instead of children being, a, you know, a tag along like another piece of luggage, instead having them be this person who is accommodated in a lot of ways. And I, I do wish that we saw that more in the United States and other cultures um, that we, you know, that we did issue a sense of respect uh, when we talked 
Lori and I talked a little bit about that of, you know, your kids have only been here a short amount of time. And there's an opportunity there to remind yourself that there's no reason to be frustrated with them because they're new and they're learning something new. And so, yeah, I mean, you may have flown. I know you hadn't flown to Italy before, but like you have a lot more skills to deal with that than a 15 month old. And so there, there is something where she needs a little more patience. She needs a little bit more support from the adults around her. And that doesn't have to only include you and your husband. And I think that's a really cool experience. I'm really glad you got to experience that as a relatively new mom too, because I feel like that's. It was really amazing. And like, I think respect is the right word because it wasn't even that they were like treating her with like kid gloves or anything like that because like, so they have a separate customs line that you have to go through and a separate like security line. But they would always ask me like if she was capable of walking and then they would make her walk through the metal detector by herself. And for my daughter, that looks like I go through while my husband holds her back crying because she thinks I'm leaving her. And then I get to the other side, turn around, squat down, (laughs) and all the security people are like ready for her. The metal detectors reset and everything. And then they just say, go. And so I call her name. She comes running through the metal detectors and (laughs) all of the security people cheer for her. Oh, that's the cutest. I think it'll be burned in my brain for my entire life, the image of her just like running through her first metal detector Um, because it was just, she was, and then she stopped and realized that all the security people were looking at her and she just kind of like waved at them. Um, She's like, I did it. I don't know what I did, but I did it. (laughs) Right? Because I imagine it is scary when you're that little. Oh, those machines freak me out sometimes. Like if I'm not in the right mindset, I'm like, I don't want to walk through this, especially the ones that spin around you. Like I, there's sometimes in my life where I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to go through <laughs> a magical tunnel. <laughs> Let's not. Yeah. So, um, you know, we you mentioned this kind of at the beginning of the podcast about, you know, should you wait till she's older? Should you go without her? Now that you've experienced it, what would you suggest to parents who have this? I mean, I think you have a little bit of a unique experience in that you got to see family, that your husband speaks Italian to an extent, that you can navigate this world with a small sense of familiarity. But, um, you know, what would you what would you say? Is it a good idea? Is it something you enjoyed? Is it horrible? Never do it again? Like, what do you oh, think? Oh, you, ha- you have to take them. You have to take them. You have to travel as a family, even with young children. I mean, I feel like the memories maybe aren't theirs, but the memories are yours. And every year of memories just kind of like builds on itself like a foundation of your family. And so to have part of your foundation include adventuring together, trying new things together, being flexible together, um, working through frustration together, like have that be part of your foundation, it is invaluable. Like I think that traveling with her is one of the most important things that one of the most important decisions we make. It's. It's a game changer to get to the point where you can travel. And I know people say that like traveling with your kids is just parenting on location. Yeah, it it is. And it is, but you're going to be parenting anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very much so different because unlike the two weeks would have been if we were at home, my husband was off work. So yes, we were... We were parenting on location, but we were parenting with two parents and a relatively flexible schedule and, you know, expectations that we were setting. And to be completely honest, you don't have to entertain your kids when you travel. The traveling entertains them. (laughs) That's fair. 
You I don't mean, have I, to find find a puzzle for your toddler to do. You can take them down a cobblestone street. Who needs plastic stepping stones from Target <laughs> when you got cobblestones? That's fair. And also, I mean, I do love there's a um there's a lot of research about how children can recognize when people are speaking a different language than them. Like their language centers do understand, oh, I'm hearing something different. And so I imagine that that in and of itself is entertaining and exciting because they're like, wait, I'm I'm being exposed to this new language pattern. I'm being exposed to this new, um, you know, this new concept. And I think that probably is a fun experience. I kind of wondered how much she understood of that because at one point, at one dinner with the with the family that we were staying with, um, it seemed like she started to try to teach them English. Aww. <laughs> because Italians talk with their hands a lot, okay? And so so go with me here. There is the the toddler song, open, shut them, open, shut them, give a little clap, clap, clap. Yes, we tried to teach her that when she was like six months old and my son was like, learn this child. <laughs> right. Well, now we are currently obsessed with it. So, you know, it's 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 taking our turn. Um, and between that and wheels on the bus, whenever like um, her auntie would start talking with her hands, my daughter would start talking with her hands, but she would do it by starting the song. So she would go, Oh. Open, and then she would do the thing, and then obviously because she's 15 months old and she's adorable, her auntie would stop doing what she was doing, and she would do open, and she would say open in English. Oh. And after a while, my husband kind of looked at his aunt and said, "I think she's. I mean, she's kind of acting like maybe she's trying to teach you English because yeah. she would clap well, for her when she said open." Yeah, or at least she's trying to teach you, this is a song that I like, and it's not in your language, so you need to learn the words. Right? (laughs) She's like, this is important. Learn these words. And then she's like, oh, you did it. But there (laughs) were also lots of things that she did grasp, like the aunties would count for her. Like we would build like a house out of magnet tiles because you never travel anywhere without magnet tiles. Never. Um, Never travel without magnet tiles. That is... (laughs) That is a new foundational fact of this podcast. Never travel anywhere without magnet tiles. They sell mini ones. Just take them with you. Forever. But so her aunties would help her build like a house. And then she's very much so in a one, two, three, boom kind of mood. Always. And so then they would go uno, due, tre, boom, which, you know, is the same in Italian and English. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, and I like that. I can speak Italian now. Boom. Exactly. And <laughs> she would, but she understood that one, two, three, and uno, due, tre were the same. Oh, that's good. Like, or at that's least she like, caught on really fast. That's when my son did, when he first started counting, he said uno, dos, three, four, five. And then he'd go high five because the, that was his understanding of the first five like counting uno dos three four five high five (laughs) see i i love that i love that and i love that she got to be exposed to that at this age before she even knows what one two three are and what math even means and numbers but like to experience different languages to be in different places i mean even just getting to see the different architecture you know like yeah I was going to ask about that because she got to see the ocean for the first time. She got to see the, um, you know, the Colosseum, you said. Like, there are these really oh, yeah. she beautiful. She was bored to near tears in the Colosseum, to be completely honest, <laughs> until she found some rocks. Okay. Valid. Very valid. And then she tried I... to steal from the Colosseum, but we left oh, them there. That's not great. <laughs> But no, I so I wore her in like the baby carrier, me or my husband wore her, except for like walking, walking through some of the larger parts of the Coliseum. And it was it was totally lost on her. But like getting to see the ocean for the first time and some of the other monuments and the ruins, like there is a set of ruins that were 
donated to the city center. Um, it's the ruins of where Caesar died. Oh, wow. And um, it is a cat sanctuary. She was totally Ooh. into it. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. You know, cat, so. Cat sanctuary forever. The Coliseum's not for everyone, especially if you're 15 months old, but other ruins might be. Yeah. Um, and, but she and she got to go to the ocean for the first time. She played on the beach that my husband played on when he was a child. Like, it was such a, you know, monumental moment. But for her, it was just experiencing waves for the first time. Oh, I love that. I really do. And so it was just, it was really, really, really special getting to see buildings that are yellow instead of the brick that we have here, you know, in the South, like even, even just that stuff, I feel like even though she doesn't consciously recognize it, she may not remember it. It's so worth the trip. Well, and I do wonder, you know, how much, like you said, cobblestone streets versus pavement. I mean, that's cool. Like that would be fun. And I like that. Um, I, I'm glad that it was such a good trip. I, um, I'm glad that it wasn't horrible. Although, did you, you said everything was in fours. Didn't you say that after your first leg of the trip, you ended up with four different types of um, bodily fluids on you? <laughs> That's another four. Yes, I did. So by the time we landed... In Rome, we had had both types of bathroom incidents on Love me that. and her, um, and there was there was vomit, unfortunately, from myself because I just I cannot handle a plane landing. It makes me sick every time, and apparently, no sleep and stress, and maybe the relief of finally getting to Italy after all these years of trying. Um, I just lost it. Um, it was yeah. not great. Um, yeah, but- you know what? It's valid. It happens. And then my husband um, ended up (laughs) injuring his hand at the train station or something. I don't even know. But he, so one of his fingers was bleeding. And at one point I got it on my shirt. And so my shirt had four different types of bodily fluid on it by the time we got there. And if that's not traveling with a toddler, I don't know what is. You did it. That's the, that's the straight across Bingo? Yeah, that's bingo for you. Our Airbnb yeah. had a washer. It was oh, fine. That's really good. Um, So your husband got Italian tetanus is what I'm hearing? <laughs> no, he's fine. Okay, I even good. had Band-Aids because I had a diaper bag. So, you know, fine. Oh, I do love that. I do love lugging around literally everything you need. <laughs> it's very nice. My husband makes fun of my diaper bag. But I love it because I have everything anyone ever needs. Well, and we went against um, travel blog advice. We often go against travel blog advice because when you're traveling like with your child, you often know what you need and what you don't need. You know, like I don't have to take special food for her. She has always adapted to different diet she does not need me to pack her snacks from America. She's happy, happy to eat an Italian cracker or a baguette or something. Um, yeah. And so she adjusted really, really well to food. So I don't have to worry about that. But one thing my child does need is a stroller nap. Yeah. She won't nap in the baby carrier. I was glad. She will nap in a stroller. I was glad you guys had your stroller with you because there are a lot of pictures where you're able to use your stroller. And I know that a lot of people would be like, "Ugh, lagging, lugging a stroller everywhere through the airports and trains and things like that. But you're right. Like there is this kind of, you know, your child and you probably got to be out and about more often, too, because she could nap in the stroller. And I think that's a big that's a big win. Well, and just for her to have like her safe space to sit. But of the reason why most of the travel blogs like advise against it is because of the cobblestone streets. But guess what? I'm American. I have like a big, huge Cadillac jogging stroller. Like it can yeah. handle those tiny little cobblestones. Don't you worry. Yeah, it's got it's got the big wheels on it. <laughs> I, took, I took the baby jogger. Okay, it was fine. That's- 
That's very funny. That's very funny. Well, what else is, what else would you want to say about your trip? What else do you feel like should be immortalized in audio format? (laughs) I'll just tell you right now, the first full day we had in Rome, I looked at my husband multiple times and I told him that it was the best day of my life. Oh, I love that. It was the best day. It was certainly, if it wasn't the best day of my life, it was certainly the best day I've had since like postpartum and all the chaos of her birth and my postpartum depression and the struggles and everything. I just kept looking at it. And my husband and I both had a few moments of like bittersweetness where we mourned a little bit of the trip that would have been. Yeah, I get that. And so there were a few moments that first day where my husband would be like, can you imagine like if we were able to do X, Y, Z or if we were able to see this or if we were able to take the longer tour here instead of the short one because we didn't wouldn't have a toddler with us or, you know, like that kind of thing. Or she struggled occasionally at like restaurants and that kind of thing. Or we had to eat takeout because um, the restaurants are closed from early afternoon until seven. And oh. so – toddler bedtime. Um, So some nights we had to choose whether or not to just have takeout after she went to bed or to give her a two-nap schedule instead of a one-nap schedule and try to keep her up until like 11 p.m. so we could eat dinner. Wow. And those decisions weighed heavily on him that first day. But for me, I was finally in Europe, someplace I've always wanted to be. And I was with my two favorite people and it was beautiful and it was wonderful and it was fun. And it was sunshiny and the streets were beautiful and the food was delicious and I was having a blast. And there were moments where I'm like, I know she's tired and I know we need to find her snacks. And I was like, and there were moments where I knew he was, you know, having to translate everything. I knew, I knew that for them, it was probably not the best day of their life, but that didn't stop me from having the best day of mine. And that's so important because yeah, maybe Shelby as the mom was dealing with navigating all of this, but Shelby as the person got to achieve a major goal. And I think I was frolicking. Like <laughs> I think that's living important. it. I mean, that is a moment of reclaiming your identity and reclaiming a pre-child goal. And I think there is something so important for your mental health, for your dreams. I mean, I, I can guarantee you that now the next time something comes up where you're like, Oh, do you think we can navigate this with a baby? Your answer is going to be yes, because you took a baby to Europe. My answer will be it's worth trying. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. Although do you feel like the anchovy quiche was worth trying? (laughs) It ended up not being anchovies. It ended up not being anchovies. I, this was like the first story I told you when we got back, I think. I know. That's, it's um, my favorite story. I'm going to stick with this for forever because. Okay. We'll, we'll end on a high note. I'll tell you about the anchovy quiche. <laughs> oh, first of all, I did try anchovies for the first time on this trip. It just wasn't in the quiche. And so yeah. it was ironic that I was being told this was anchovy quiche because I had just had anchovies for the first time two days before. And I was like, yeah. well. I guess I could try them again. I didn't realize Italy had so many anchovies, but okay. Um, but yeah, so we're we're staying with with the aunties, um, and they are feeding us well. Okay, we're talking homemade lasagna, homemade tiramisu, cappuccinos offered at every meal. They just keep refilling my wine glass. It's amazing. Um, and one day for lunch, it's multiple courses. Okay, so we have just had a delicious pasta. And I know there's a salad coming my way eventually. Um, The salad ends the meal. And so you know that if what they bring out is not a salad, you know there's at least a salad coming after that. You know what I mean? You you know it's coming. And then there's a dessert after the salad. So if they bring out the pasta and then they bring out something else in the middle, you have to eat it. But you can't eat so much that you don't have room for the salad and the dessert. Okay? It's just – it's a system. I was wrong the first day. I didn't know. (laughs) You just gorged yourself and then you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was like three pieces of lasagna deep when I found out that that was course one. 
Oh no. I just kept going. I'm I'm no quitter. I just kept going. It was fine. Uh yeah, it was years it was of, a lot. Years of eating a meal and then having a whole other stomach for dessert served you correctly. You I, have been prepping for this your whole life. I mean, my husband and I used to have like eating competitions when we were dating because neither one of us we we just don't like to be beat. So we would have like hot wing competitions and all sorts of stuff. And I mean, we were both looking at each other like over this lasagna, like, wait, this was not just the meal. <laughs> oh, no. We were not prepared. But so anyway, so we have had a delicious pasta, one in which I just, my heart was filled with joy because my daughter absolutely ate it up. And the aunties ate up her eating it. So they were like cheering for her with every bite, you know, and she's using a real fork and it is adorable. And I am living my best life. And then they bring out this like quiche looking thing. And the auntie says, I'm not sure if you'll like it. I'm trying to think of what the word is. And then she goes, anchovy quiche? And I was like, well, that one's kind of weird. And I'm like watching my husband and my father-in-law stiffen. Because at this point in the trip for the weekend, for Saturday and Sunday, my in-laws had flown in. Oh, okay. So and you so, overlapped a little bit. Yeah. So we overlapped for just a couple days with Jake's parents. I hope he's all right with me saying his name on the nah, podcast. He'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, it's a fairly generic name. It'll be okay. Yeah. Um. But so at this point, we have overlapped with his parents. And I see out of the corner of my eye. And it was it was lovely getting to see where they used to live, like with them there, especially because he was so young when he was there. But at this point, I see she says anchovy. And I see my husband and his father, one on either side of me, stiffen a little bit. They sit up a little bit straighter. They're like, oh, did you say what? <laughs> so then she starts to cut it. And it's got like gray stuff in it like grayish green stuff in it and i'm like oh no i'm about to chow down on a piece of anchovy quiche because i will not offend anyone before dessert i've got this okay i can do this there's salad coming to wash it down i can do the first few bites i eat so fast that i don't even taste what it is i'm just like like in my mouth yeah and then the third bite I'm eating a little bit slower, and I'm like, it doesn't really taste like anchovies. Maybe it's better. Like, maybe anchovies are better in quiche. Maybe that's the way we should be eating them, because anchovies are actually pretty good for you. And so I'm like, maybe we should be eating them. And I'm, like, feeding it to my daughter, and she's eating it up. Loves it so much. And so then my husband realizes that she's eating it up, and so she's he starts trying to give her his piece (laughs) Like get this away from me. I start like cutting mine and his to like make sure she's got good pieces and stuff. And I cut it and I'm like, what did you say was in this again? And Auntie goes, um anchovies. And I was like, like the little fish. And she goes, No. Must be the wrong word. And at this point, Everyone at the table kind of stops and looks at her. Like, what is in it? (laughs) We want to know. (laughs) Now we have the burning question here is what? Um, And I was like, well, what does it look like? And she goes, like, she starts holding her hands up in front of her and she's like, like the the green with the, the, the," and I said, artichoke? Is it artichoke quiche? (laughs) And she goes, that's it. Oh no. See, see. She goes, see, see. And I swear, like my in-laws, my husband, everybody's shoulders just relax and they start taking these huge bites. Yeah. They're like, oh, she goes, is that okay? And I was like, yeah, I love artichokes. (laughs) And so does my daughter. And she goes, oh, well, that's good. I was like, is it pretty common to put artichokes in your keys? And she's like, well, we just use anything that's in season. 
Um, so it's pretty common, especially around Easter, to have artichoke quiche. And so then we have an entire conversation about artichokes while everyone else around me, like, actually starts to eat. <laughs> fair. Very fair. Because they're like, this has to happen. Like, um, we were lied to. It's not gross. Let's move on. <laughs> and That's I just, so like... funny. I I will just never ever I, I, the just the relief that I felt that it was not anchovy quiche is amazing. However, if it had been anchovy quiche but it had tasted so good, I probably still would have ate it. I had I didn't I don't think I ate a single thing in Italy that I didn't like. Really? That's pretty high praise. Like that's because you ate a pretty, I mean, judging by the pictures you put on Instagram, you ate a very broad amount. I would have had to prevent myself from only eating pasta, but like you really like engaged with some good things. What is the weird meatball? That's not a meatball. Oh, supli. Supli? Yeah. Um, S-U-P-P-L-I. I hate when podcasts and stuff talk about something. And they say it with an accent, and it's, it's so hard to know what it is. Um, it is cheese and rolled in rice that is mixed with tomato sauce. Mm. So inside this thing is rice, cheese, and like a red marinara kind of sauce, deep fried. Oh, wow. I like it's that. It's so good. It's like a mozzarella stick, but better. That's fair. It probably is like a mozzarella stick. Delicious. Well, I, I, we're, we probably could talk about this all day, but I will allow you to stop going through all of your reliving. You guys made it back. Um, how is jet lag? Oh, okay. First day I was like, yeah, sure, we did it. Yay. Um, because we got back at like our flight got back at like 1 a.m. Traveling back was much harder. Um, because the flight wasn't overnight, it was in the middle of the day, and you gain seven hours, but you spend all seven of them traveling. And so we were actually traveling for 24 hours. Oh wow. That's it was wild. But so we land, we get back home. It's like 1 a.m. by the time we get back to our house, get the baby down, that kind of situation. So we all sleep until the next morning and do okay. And that day wasn't bad. It was the second day. The second day was so hard. Yeah. It was like wild. I feel like there's a lot of travelers that would agree with you on that one because your whole but body now we're, practice. We're a few days out and we're getting back. We're getting back. I feel pretty good about it. I would do it again. Oh, I good. like That's high when praise. We first, <laughs> when we first landed... I looked at Vince and I was like, we're never doing that again. (laughs) And now that I'm a few days out, I'm leaning. I mean, it's a spectrum, but I'm closer back to the sides of, you know, the side of I would do it again. Careful. That's how people feel about birth. They're like, no, we're done. Never happening again. And then their child is like two years old and they're like, wow, I don't remember it being that bad. And you're like, no. I looked back at the pictures and it actually looks like a lovely experience. Exactly. You gotta, oh, man. You gotta write down how you feel about it in that moment so you can go back and compare. Um, but no, I but think. like the question is like, is that a reason not to do it? Like, is being miserable for a short period of time, but then over time feeling great about that choice a reason not to do it? Yeah, I mean, you're only four days out and you are able to look back and enjoy it and say like, Hey, this was a good experience. So, I mean, four days is not a bad recovery. Four days postpartum. I didn't know how there was a population at all on the earth. Um, So there's that. (laughs) That's fair. That's very fair. Four four days post Europe and I'm ready to go again. It's fine. Um, (laughs) No, thank you for letting me monopolize the all of everything with the stories i could literally talk about this trip forever that's fair i like that because it's i don't know i 
I feel almost like I could be more confident flying with my child having seen you do it and the way that you prepared. And I feel like that's a really big deal because we don't all know someone who has flown internationally with a child successfully. Now, my my husband, my husband flew internationally, like between the States and the DR, like starting when he was, he had a passport when he was like three months old. So like personally, our family feels like, okay, maybe we could do this. But I feel like that's a very, you know, not everyone has that experience. A lot of people, I mean, I've never flown internationally, so I would be really freaked out. And so it's nice to have somebody in your village who's done it and can can confidently say like you know what you survive it's fine and did it survived it still got the google doc checklist and packing list i'll send it to you you'll be fine (laughs) i don't have any trips planned for a while i think i'm going to survive anywhere the military sends us is is going to be my travel list for a while because i'm just like no i don't want to add anything else um there well i think it's fair to say that you are a good mom and you're a good international mom. So we get to add that on the end there. I wish I would have learned how to say you're a good mom in Italian, but in English, you're a good mom. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>